Before we get started, a special thank you is in order to our friends over at Stanley Customs. Stanley Customs creates amazing custom sports figurines for all you athletes out there. Right now, our listeners will get 15% off their order and all interviewees will get 25% off of their order simply by going to Stanley underscore Customs on Instagram and telling them that Globally Ballin sent you. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to a special edition of the Globally Ballin podcast, our Saturday special. We're doing our best to pump out as much content as possible, especially during these trying and tense times. However, as you can imagine, putting out more content takes obviously more time and is more expensive. So if you enjoy the show, if you like what we're doing, if you appreciate what you're doing, if you're finding value in it, and you find any need to help us continue, I do want to quick point you to where you can go. We have had people request and say, you know, we want to help in some way. Where do we go? The biggest spot is going to Patreon, patreon.com slash globallyballin. There you can do the $3 a month patron and get a whole bunch of extra content. I'm not overdoing it. There is a ton of extra content on there the second you become a patron. So you can go and do it that way. And if And if you don't want that, you can go through the Anchor app and simply donate through the Anchor app if if that's for you. If not, you can continue to enjoy the show. Uh, The show is going to continue to air. Obviously, you've seen that this is Saturday, so it's more content coming at you. We don't know how often we're going to be able to keep this special Saturday episode, but at least for now, we wanted to dump more content on you. So if you enjoy the show and you want to make sure it continues and, and you're able to help out in any way we would we would love it and we would greatly appreciate it and give you a special thanks for that but if not enjoy the show just like you always have thank you hey everybody welcome back to the globally bond podcast a product of the globally bond podcast network we have a fantastic interview for you today so sit back and enjoy and thank you all for joining us one more time here's the music i gotta let you go Finish the game with a broken hand. Yeah, finish the game with. I'm Rio 2016 silver medalist and Asian Games 2018 gold medalist. Young man, how do you use a celebrity for good? You know, up until that point, most of us as, as athletes were taught on it, use a celebrity to manipulate, to get a girl, to get famous, to get whatever it is. We're hours away from kind of the near hospital. He end up losing his leg over. I don't think a lot of people know the opportunities there are actually to play overseas, especially in the women's category. Actually broke my neck. I was paralyzed from the waist down and I was never supposed to walk again, much less be able to play football again. Had a couple guys get robbed at gunpoint um, and one of them was just like, yeah, get me out. At the same time, there are some who would still keep their 9 to 5 jobs because the pay for being an athlete, is it enough? Don't complain when we look like idiots abroad in these big tournaments. What league or country gave you the best pay contract-wise? Probably Turkey my last weekend. Okay. Hey everybody, welcome back. This week's episode is with Corey Reardon. Back to baseball once again. Corey Reardon was all over the place. And again, he's going to give you a great insight on kind of the, the world of being a minor league ball player and the journeys and fun difficulties you get to deal with 
but he he's gonna do a great job explaining that to you he did not play in japan like our guest last week did but he did play in a different asian market and that is korea so he's gonna give you great insight and specifics on his time in korea also he spent some winter league ball time once in venezuela and once in the dominican republic as well as some independent baseball which for the longest time confused me so much more than it probably should have but so he's going to be able to talk about all of that korean ball winter ball in venezuela dominican republic independent ball the journeys in the minors the fun times in spring training when you get your hopes up and maybe it doesn't go the way you were hoping and the differences between playing in the majors and minor league spring trainings there's a lot of great stuff Corey's going to give you as far as that journey once again he's going to introduce to you and break down his time in the asian market of baseball which is great we talked last week about we talked last week about that with carlos as he talked about his time in japan and Taiwan and um, and now we bring in the third of the big three which would be Korea into the Asian world and he's also going to give us like I mentioned something new we haven't necessarily talked about yet and that's winter ball you hear the names a lot some of you may be a lot more familiar with what winter ball is and where it's played but he's going to be able to talk about that in more detail the other thing and I finally got it guys I finally got to the point where some of these episodes are starting to blend together and I can't remember which one this was in but there's one episode where where we talked about when it says passport ready that means passport ready Corey is going to tell you a story that is my one of my nightmares besides that of being a server and getting a bunch of tables at once that's my all-time nightmare but this one is another one of my nightmares he's going to tell you that he lived and it has a little something to do with the whole passport ready idea uh he's really going to break down what that means because well i'll let him tell that story so i hope you enjoy this week's episode thank you Corey, for taking the time to share your story with us so enjoy Hey everybody, this episode is brought to you by an additional sponsor. We are now also brought to you by Creating Young Minds. Creating Young Minds is a nonprofit out of Louisville, Texas, right outside of Dallas. You may remember we've had an episode in the past with the founders of Creating Young Minds, Dr. Shira Ackerman and Coach Mathis Crowder. Creating Young Minds strives to help young men achieve success in their life where they may not have otherwise achieved that success. One way they do this is through their new basketball team. The Louisville Yellow Jackets, affiliated with Creating Young Minds, play in TBL, the Basketball League, and through a combination of their nonprofit as well as their basketball team, Creating Young Minds and the Louisville Yellow Jackets are doing their best to bring the European model of basketball to the United States. That is Creating Young Minds. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, basically everywhere. Find creating young minds check them out see what they're all about and when the tbl league rolls around once again keep an eye out for the lewisville yellow jackets thank you my name is Corey reardon and i played professional baseball for 13 years and currently involved with the toronto blue jays organization as a coach Okay, and so where did you play? Let's quick list off where you played professionally. I got drafted by the Colorado Rockies in 2007. I spent seven years with them, and then I made my way over to Asia to play in Korea for the 2014 season. Came back to the United States and played in the Atlantic League, which is uh, independent baseball for half the year, then back to Taiwan in 2015, Venezuela the winter of 2015, Detroit Tigers organization for 16, 
I played in Dominican Republic for the following two winters and finished up in 2019 with the New Britain Bees in the Atlantic League. Okay, Corey, you are a gold mine because this is the Globally Balling Podcast. The whole goal is to talk about professional leagues outside of the United States, at least out of the big leagues. So we're actually going to take some time with your independent league in the U.S. Sure, absolutely. Because that's a little bit different. But really what we try to focus on everything outside of the regular league. So let's start with, so you immediately get drafted by the Rockies, right? Is that, that step one? Right. Yeah. I get drafted 2007, went to Fordham university in New York city. And I got drafted after my junior year and the opportunity was good enough to forego my senior year. So I signed in, in the, in June of 2007. Okay. And so when you say you were with the Rockies, are you in the majors that whole time? No, 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 no. I got drafted and play in the minor leagues. So you advance from short season, single a to there's other, there's other, levels of single A to double A to triple A eventually triple A for better part of two years 2012 2013 and then I became a free agent after that and then that's when Korea came calling how far did you make it up up the uh, up the ladder triple A so I was I was actually on the major league roster the 40-man roster which is about as close as you could possibly come towards being in the major leagues but things just didn't work out and so I was removed off the 40-man after the 2011 season there's a lot of like roster logistics that go on with baseball so i played i've played parts of four years in triple a with both detroit and colorado so it doesn't work out you don't get past AAA, and you say korea comes next is it did you say that was after your contract had expired your contract was yes yeah my contract expired in uh october of 2013 with the rockies so i became a minor league agent and you're free to sign with anybody anybody in the world so you're essentially shopping around and i was going through workouts and nobody there had been very 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 mild interest from any major league baseball teams and i got a call in early december from a korean team and it was like it was a no-brainer for me because at that time the money situation was was really good with the korean opportunity um and then as i developed further i realized how good of a career opportunity it was too and so before that had any teams outside of the united states been in your mind as far as a place you'll go next or was it really just mostly focused on major league opportunities it was focused on major league opportunities the particular team in korea that i signed with the lg twins they had come to see me in 2012 because what happens is they'll, they scout in america and there's roster restrictions so i was a property of the rockies so they couldn't just decide to you know take me over to korea they needed to buy me out they need to buy out the rest of my contract the rockies from what i've heard put a pretty high number on that so they kind of passed until i was there was no buyout when i was a free agent so it was better timing okay and so this brought you over to korea what was the year again you want to give us that year one more time 2014. okay so you start off kind of your international jet out in korea in 2014. what did you know about that opportunity before then anything really did you know anybody that played over there beforehand did you know anything about your team how was it going into it i knew essentially nothing i did know that i have a good friend and he was my pitching coach for several years in colorado he had played in korea so the only knowledge i had of it was what he told me and that was in the early 2000s so things had obviously changed a little bit more developmentally wise so i was kind of going over there watching youtube videos trying to figure out you know how i fit in and what the customs are like and stuff but you, you never really know until you get there and when did that season start when did the season start in korea 
Spring training started in January 16th, actually, in Arizona. And then early February, we made our way to Okinawa, Japan for another month. And the season starts the same time Major League Baseball season starts at the end of March, early April. They just have a much longer spring training. So it was more time to get acclimated to my teammates and customs and a little, like a very tiny bit of the language and the food and, and everything. So the whole team does spring training in the U.S.? Yeah, they brought over, I believe... I don't know, like 80 or 90 guys. We trained at the White Sox and Dodgers complex, Camelback Ranch in Arizona. And so we trained there for three and a half weeks just to get the guys out doing something because I guess it's it's too cold in Korea in January to be training. So they go warm places and they chose Arizona. Some teams choose Guam. Other teams chose Southern Japan. It's just a matter of where they choose to go. And from there, we went to Japan, Okinawa, the island that is much warmer. So we were able to train outside there for another three or four weeks. And then we went to Korea in early March. So with so much parity with the U.S. with the major league, like you're training in a major league facility, your league is starting basically the same time. Did you feel any sort of like personal letdown at all? Not that you should have, but did you maybe that you were playing in this America, you know, you're so close to the major leagues and yet, you know, in a month or whatever, you're going to be going off and playing in a completely different situation. No, I think there was actually polar opposite of that. I think it was, I, I felt extremely lucky and extremely blessed because there's only only, at the time when I played, there was only nine teams over there, right? So, and they only allowed to have three foreigners per team. So, and two of those are pitchers. So, nine teams times two pitchers per team. You're one of 18 pitchers that's been given the opportunity to go play professionally in Korea. And Korean baseball is, it's a very high level baseball. And you get the feeling that when you're over there and you're playing, and you're, you know, that it is essentially the major leagues. You're just playing in the major leagues in Korea. You're not playing in the major leagues in the United States. So, I was very lucky to be part of a good organization and be around some great guys. There was zero animosity or letdown or jealousness of what was going on in the United States. I just felt like it was a it was a different major league, so to speak, for me. So it was kind of cool. Good. Awesome. Okay, so you start off in Korea. What was, what's the fandom like for baseball in Korea? They go wild. They go absolutely wild for baseball. They have two sports, I believe, that are top two, and that's golf and baseball. So we played in, I played for the LG Twins, which were located in Seoul, which is the capital. And on weekends when we would play somebody good you know we'd have 28 30,000 people at the game so it's by no yeah so it's by no means like just backyard baseball where they're showing up with a couple hundred people I've never played in front of that many people in my life in the, in the minor leagues and most had probably been you know 11 or 12,000 so it was, it's loud it's it's very loud a lot of singing there's cheerleaders it's it's a it's a whole it's a rock concert with a baseball game going on were you living in in Seoul or did you have a place kind of outside yeah I lived in Seoul I lived uh, I don't know familiar with the song Kingdom style that came on like 10 years yeah that's where i lived is the Kingdom section of seoul um it was upper class yeah it was, it was great and did your team set that up for you uh yes so it got over there early march right and they said we're going to take you to your apartment now so they you know they bring you to your they bring you to your you're in a high rise and it was a two-bedroom beautiful place and all kinds of restaurants and stores and bars around so it was it was it was like dream living is what it was did outside of the stadium or outside of you know playing did people know who you were or recognize you yeah almost immediately so one thing that's that stands out more so than here probably is korean media is they're all over everything like they they wanted to know every aspect of your life they wanted to know you know what you what your interests were what your girlfriend looks like what your do you have children things of that nature and so they they want to dive into everything there's really nothing is off limits so uh, as soon as i got over there i'm also a six foot three caucasian man 
Japan and in, in Seoul, Korea. So I kind of stick out a little bit more. And so, pe- yeah, people knew I was, you know, a very minor, you know, superstar. But I mean, you kind of are. It's, it's pretty cool. So are the imports then, are you the keys to the team or do you just kind of mesh in like when we looked at philippines basketball the whole team is based around that import like if that import's terrible they're going to lose that's the way that works is that right. the case when you look at korean baseball no no not not, not really i mean like i said the, the baseball level is very high so korea is putting guys in the major league so the talent level is it, it's obviously it's not what major league baseball is being the best league in the world but it is there's plenty of talent and on my team alone i think there were seven or no maybe maybe four or five guys that had played in the major league so it was like i was just trying to blend in and, and pull my weight and do my part and, and and be one of the guys and there was plenty of talented guys that were there to to help out if you had to compare like your team and the other teams to an average level in the united states what would that be i it, probably falls between from top to bottom it probably falls between like a double a and triple a league i would call it more so a triple a league um but there are there are because you're only getting three imports and you have you have several guys on the team that probably they they play at a lower level than than the rest you know it's, it's just it's numbers in that in that aspect um how many seasons were you in korea i was only there one season okay and how did that season end up it went really well went really well we, we finished we finished in third we were in the semifinals and we lost to a, a team Nexon that had, had two guys that the following two years would play in the major leagues so they they had two very good hitters but they beat us in the, in the semifinals I wish I had finished stronger down the stretch I had started to fatigue I think because this, this is the longest season I'd ever played and sure. for whatever reason it was faded down the stretch so maybe left the team with not the best taste in their mouth and I think that's what attributed to me not not returning there but although I mean I had a fantastic time and it was just it was a great experience so it was um it was a team decision at least that you didn't come back season two yeah it wasn't my decision if I had had my way I would love to have been back okay and well I was gonna say I can only imagine how intense the stadium would be during the playoffs if you're bringing in that many people for even a, a big game during the season I can only imagine what the playoffs would look like yeah it was it was pretty it was pretty intense and the stadium was loud especially I think we played on I remember playing on a weekend too because weekday games like you don't get as many people but weekends on a Saturday or Sunday I remember it being pretty packed and our stadium held I think 29,000 or something like that okay so what comes next after Korea for you so I return home early November the season ends early November and start talking to my agent and find out in December that LG is not going to take me back and so go through the, the rest of the Korean teams and their rosters are pretty much full at that time so next best option was see if any major major league baseball teams are interested and at that time none were because the, one of the one of the things that's changing but not so much when I was over there was when you go to Korea you kind of disappear off the American map okay. now so guys are coming back all the time and making a lot of money which is pretty cool it's, yeah. it's pretty cool that that league being scouted the way it should be mm-hmm. so i had to go play independent baseball and i went to the atlantic league in bridgeport connecticut okay so this independent league in the united states it has even confused me for a while because you know you have major league triple a double a single a and even another single a and rookie league all this other stuff and most of those are all associated with major league team independent is not right it's independent it's completely independent it's completely by themselves and what it is is it's more or less just guys playing getting paid playing in front of fans and you're doing it for the most part with the aspirations of a major league baseball team calling up and you're 
out of there the next day saying we want to send you to double a or we want to send you to triple a you're just a you're picking grounds for for mlb teams my only thought is with a major league team they already have you know three or four farm system team or more than that but at least three or four farm system teams what would make them even want to look at a new league and look at a team in independent ball a lot of guys in independent baseball a lot of them have played at a very high level they just they're there for multiple reasons they're there for a it's a character flaw they you know maybe they've been arrested a couple times or maybe they've done something so they're there for that reason they're there for the fact that they've been hurt and they need to prove they're healthy and they just didn't warrant a double a or triple a job until they prove that they're healthy so this is a way to keep pitching or see their their stuff or their bat speed might be fading a little bit they still can play but they're not quite the player they used to be and they're more of a organizational filler as opposed to a, a a way to to supplement the major league team and say this guy can go hit fifth for us next week it's probably not the case but if guys can still play it's just a matter of finding an opportunity and showing that you still can do it okay so how long were you out there i was there from season started in april and i was there till early july i want to say made 12 or 13 starts and then i knew nothing about taiwan and taiwan came calling and the next week i was off to taiwan and this is a pattern we hear all the time is that you were off in the next week so i'm sure it came up fast and the next day you were there right it happens so fast that I, I can't even express to you how fast it happens like i was we were over the all-star break and i remember i went to meet my parents in new hampshire camping and like there's no we didn't even have any service really and i get a call from a number that's like 17 digits and they said this is the lamigo this they left a message this is the lamigo monkeys from taiwan uh we're interested to see if you want to come play in the chinese professional baseball and they had a contract offer by the next day and I was scrambling to get my passport renewed and I was off within I think five or six days I was off to Taiwan getting your passport renewed and see that would be so nerve-wracking yes. whenever we see people posting ready to go it's always passport ready and ready to go because this happens so fast but oh I couldn't imagine the stress of trying to get my passport ready too yeah that was that was actually something that was it was unbelievable because I had no no idea that my passport was even expiring so I my brother was still back in a home in Connecticut I had him check my passport and it expired like in august okay so he drove two hours to meet me i drove two hours south he drove two hours north handed me my passport and i got an emergency appointment at a passport agency on the canadian vermont line and i where they where they do it like you pay a couple hundred dollars and they yeah. do it on the spot for you and so that was the only way i was going to be able to go to taiwan is if i got that done and so that was the only agency that could do it within like 400 miles oh my all right, so you go off to Taiwan and you start off. Now the season would have already started, right? You're going there in July. Yes, yes. So Taiwan, they are they have the same number of imports per team. Okay. But they're they don't pay as much as Korea, so they are more the turnover is quite a bit more. There's less guarantees and contracts. So what you're getting is they have a guy that's there for, you know, a month or two, and if he's not cutting it, they'll just send you packing and they'll get another guy in there. Korea, there's much more guaranteed money, so they feel more they feel more prone to maybe ride out their investment. Okay, and that okay, that would make sense. I was gonna ask if it was an injury or, or a release of contract, but it sounds like it was the contract. Yeah. Okay, so now you did say that's three imports is it the same as three or two pitchers or is that not yeah you you can just it's mostly pitchers it's almost all pitchers with the exception of maybe one hitter that was over there because um, Taiwan they Taiwan they have so many guys that have played in the United States they have a lot a lot of good hitters but their pitching is probably behind what what they're hitting is so they need more pitching okay I'm trying to run through your resume in my head here did you play in Japan or did that not never played in Japan no okay could you even without that 
what would be the tier of out of the three league the big leagues japan taiwan and korea what's kind of the ladder of talent do you know it goes mlb japan korea taiwan okay all right and you know is taiwan a kind of a big step down from korea or would you not say that no not at all the hitting it's just two different styles of baseball sure. the hitting and the hitting is phenomenal in taiwan the defense is not very good and the pitching is just so so like the Korea, it's it's much more laid back in Taiwan, but I do believe they have more skilled top to bottom hitters. It's just it's different. Sure. Did you get to hit in any of those leagues? No, never got to hit. <laughs> All right, so you go over to Taiwan. It's already kind of it has already started, and how does how does that go? Doesn't go very well. I think I made five or six starts. Made five or six starts, and I didn't have much of a leash, and they they got rid of me at the end of August. Um, yeah, so I was only there for like a month and a half, two months. I didn't adjust very well. And I, I mean, culture-wise, like I love the guys and I love the people on the team and going going out to eat and stuff. But the baseball-wise, I just couldn't get a grasp for it for some reason. I just, the strike zone is extremely small. And instead of adjusting to it, you kind of fight it. And you end up on the, on the worst side of things by fighting anything as opposed to just adapting. So I was out of there at the end of August. And then I finished, I, first thing I did when I got really least was I called my independent league team back up because I wanted to keep pitching and I said you guys got a spot and so I got home to Connecticut and within like 48 hours I was on a plane to Texas to start a game for them. Wow so it sounds like at least you know if you're going to play professionally you have kind of these backup things to at least fill time and it sounds like the independent ball team is was that for you yeah i was it was somewhere my independent league team it was in connecticut it was 40 minutes from my parents house i love playing there because my family was able to watch me fish i was familiar i liked the people it was just a good situation so like i, I was it, it, by no means was it like oh i don't want to go back i kind of enjoy playing there and you enjoy for the spirit of the game and, and a way to, to keep playing professionally um, all right and then then what comes next so i pitch i don't i think maybe like four or five games and that season ends but in the middle of this i'm talking to my catcher who's he was 40 at the time actually he's a venezuelan guy yep venezuelan guy and he had seen me pitch enough that summer from the beginning and the end and he said i gotta get you a winter ball job and i'm like well winter ball i don't i've already thrown too much this year i don't get this no you gotta go in order to get your career back on track because otherwise I probably would have ended up if I hadn't played winter ball probably would have ended up back independent league next year and then who knows so he gets me a gets on the phone he has some friends with the Leones de Caracas which is the Caracas Lions and it's a Venezuelan professional winter ball team and I, I was on a plane there at the end of September early October to go uh, to go play winter ball in Caracas Venezuela and how long does winter ball last September October to when it lasts it, uh, it starts in October it starts like first week of October and the regular season ends right around Christmas to New Year's and then playoffs start in January okay and then so you don't have a whole lot of I think I guess that's probably the point not a whole lot of time in between that and when spring training would start yeah so it's it was it was kind of go down there and lay it all on the line see where you are compete go enjoy yourself make some money and see you know what happens and i went down there i won my first three starts i did extremely well and by no at the end of november i had had talks with a couple of mlb teams and the detroit tigers sent me a contract so i signed with the detroit tigers for the following year so i'm gonna assume venezuela winter ball is one of the more highly recruited 
recruited or winter ball leagues. Is that correct? Yeah, it used to be until the the government really went south. Now Americans are really afraid to go down there. It wasn't the greatest while I was there, but it was still manageable. But now it's just Americans want no part of it. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. We because we had an agent who had this was basketball, but he had players there and they had some issues, and that was more recent. And so, what year were you down in Venezuela then? I was down there in 2015, so I was down there. October, November, December of 2015. Okay. Yeah. And so do you know kind of what the, I mean, do players not even go there really at all for the most part? Yeah. It was just the money. They pay Americans so well Okay. that, that you really have to consider going like for sake of the money part, but the quality of life is just, it's not there. I mean, I just, I lived in a hotel that was part of a mall. You go from the hotel to the field. And then when the game's over, you go from the field to the hotel and that's it. You're not mm-hmm. walking streets you're not going out to eat and stuff like it's just it's the way you have to live it's baseball i mean you're there it sounds like you're yeah. just, you are there Base, for baseball. baseball and netflix yep. <laughs> all right okay so you play some winter ball and then now like i said we, we don't not like to talk majors but we typically like to look um into other stuff however and i am based here in michigan so you get signed with the tigers on what level did you play with it? Uh, they, what they do is they sign you to a minor league contract and they assign, a, they give you a, they tell you what they're going to pay you at certain levels. So it's normally a contract where they say, if, we're, if we send you to double A, you'll make this much. If we send you to triple A, you'll make this much. You work out your spring training invite if you're going to major league spring training or minor league spring training. So there's a lot of little stuff. But like I said, I was just, the, the fact that the Tigers, I had spent you know, a year kind of down and out, so to speak. And Tiger sent me a contract and I'm ecstatic. I said, I'm, I'm ready to go. So uh, I was excited for spring training. Okay. And so you start off spring training, you're in, are you were at major league spring training with the Tiger? No, I was in minor league spring training, but I had spent, they had sent me over to the major league side quite a few times to do some backing up major league games and little stuff but uh so the end of spring training comes and they say we like to send you to triple a but they had a roster crunch so i end up going to double a erie pennsylvania mm-hmm. okay and so you're playing out how long did you last out in double a uh, I was in AA for three months, and then I got called up to AAA for a month and a half. So I was in AAA, and then, like I said, roster stuff happens, and then they sent me back to AA to finish the year. Okay, so then you that would have been ending up in 2016, yes? Yes. Was it a one-year contract? Yeah, it was a one-year contract. It was a one-year contract, and I had made plans to go to the Dominican to play winter ball after that year. So I go to the Dominican in November, and the Tigers called and said, we want to sign you back. And so I, at that point, I had had a spring training invite for 2017 for the Tigers. And what was the what was the reason for the switch from Venezuela to Dominican? I just what was this? this was 2017 right yeah I just I had heard Dominican Dominican is probably it's the best winter ball league the talent is the highest and I was I didn't it, when I went to the Dominican the team that I was playing on I lived at a resort for golf courses so it was kind of like the quality of life was so much better and to know that the baseball was better I, I said I'm gonna go there and go try and go try and compete in the Dominican winter league as opposed to going back and going from hotel to field in Venezuela Okay, so following your time in Dominican, where do you end up? I end up in uh, spring training with the Tigers again. The last day of spring training, I got released. So at that point, I had to go back to Bridgeport in 2017 to go to the Atlantic League again. Okay, and is that where you end up? That is good. Yep, I ended up in Bridgeport, and that's kind of where the same. And then I do the same thing all over again in, in June or July. It's how we East. 
a different Taiwanese team comes calling, and I go back to Taiwan for another three months. Did that one go a little bit? Oh, so you go three or four months? You're lasting a little bit longer in Taiwan. Yeah, that one went. It went much better. I was competing better. I had because I I knew the ropes a little bit, and I I was enjoying myself more, and and really kind of just kind of trying to do better through different means and trying to adjust to the hitters in the league. And I did much better, but still they're finicky, and so I guess still not good enough to be resigned for the next year. But nonetheless, uh, still had a good time. Got home in October and went back to the Dominican to pitch for the same team. And so you did make it through the whole Taiwanese league, though. Yeah, I made it till the end of. We didn't make the playoffs. Made it till October. We didn't make the playoffs. So, and I go go home back in October, and then in November I was in the Dominican again. Okay, and then uh, anything else after Dominican? Dominican. My my Atlantic League team had closed up shop. They moved to a different city, so I went to go play for the Somerset Patriots, which is like the top-notch independent league team in 2018 and pitched really well and had a little interest and then right when I had some interest from possibly a major league baseball team or going to Taiwan again or any Korean leagues like I hurt my shoulder a little bit kind of yeah so it was just one of those things and I tried to come back later that year and my shoulder still hurt and then I I pitched last all of last year kind of on a hurt shoulder just to give it one last hurrah and, and kind of have fun and be in front of my family again and then that was it. How old were you at this point? When I last year, when I was done, I was I finished at 33. Okay, starting right around 2021, right, right after college. I was 21 when I started and 33 when I finished it. Okay. All right. Awesome. Couple, I, I want to do one thing, and one thing we like to do with, especially with somebody who's played in a lot of different areas, we have a couple of questions, and I just want to see and have you answer which one was best for that situation. So, like for an example safety where did you feel the most safe when you were looking at international and then you'd tell me you know which one of the leagues you felt okay. really safe in okay does that make okay. sense let's try that out so yep. we'll do safety safety i would i would put it as a 50 50 between either one of the asian teams korea and taiwan are both both asian countries are extremely safe if you walk around at three o'clock in the morning there's there's no drugs there's no guns there's really no crime so you're safe everywhere you go in asia okay fandom fandom i would probably put it at i i'm partial to the venezuelan winter league when it comes to fans okay talent level talent level dominican winter league hey korea team doctors probably korea awesome those are the ones we'd like to quick hit because those are the ones that get the most questions um yeah anything you think any listeners need to know about kind of opportunities to play internationally that maybe they didn't know or maybe you didn't know I just think that I think the best thing if you're considering playing somewhere or you just want to learn about it or you want to become a fan is to appreciate different cultures for what they are and appreciate different styles of life and know that we in America you end up you get so accustomed to what is supposedly right and what's wrong by your standards but like just because we do something doesn't make it the way the rest of the world does it and so I think going into things with an open mind and not trying to push your ideals on anybody and kind of trying to adapt and become one of them to become like for instance when you go to Korea you try to try to live like a Korean man eat the food try and learn a couple words in language learn the customs when it comes to socialization like it's 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 eye-opening and i think it will it will it will contribute to your quality of life and your ability to interact with people from different backgrounds for the rest of your own life Corey, would would you agree or disagree that opportunities to play overseas are not as well known 
for baseball players, or would you disagree with that? I would say, I wouldn't say they're not as well known. I think once you play long enough, and once you play at, the, at higher levels, you kind of get around enough people that will talk about they've played in Japan, or they've played in Korea, or they've played in Australia, or they've played wherever. I just don't, there's, ask questions. Like, if you, if you want to know about something, ask questions. I think there's plenty of, now media is starting to cover more, and, you know, this is an example of it, of how you could find stuff out if you really want to find stuff out. I don't think there was very much to learn about going to Korea six years ago when I wanted to go. Like, I just, I was looking on Wikipedia for pictures of the stadium. Sure. Now now you could watch videos of interviews and stuff. So it's 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 pretty cool, and it's it's exciting, and it's a, baseball is a global game, and it's something to be cherished, and, and I think you could do it in different parts of the world. Awesome, Corey. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it, man. patterns show up and Corey was definitely an example of one of the patterns we've seen throughout our interviews and that's bouncing around he was all over the place and there wasn't much of an off season for Corey and I'm gonna guess that many of you listening that are maybe athletes and play internationally there's not much of an off season for you either uh, you may not know if you're gonna get resigned or you might find out last minute or you might find out last minute that you're getting signed or traded and all this other stuff it's it's much different than the sports we see in the mainstream sports media and so it's really fun not being Corey not having to worry about my passport not worrying about where I have to go next and yet hearing that valuable information of this is what it's like man it's all over the place it's constant i mean if you want to keep going you can keep going but you better be ready and i told you it's my nightmare going up camping with your family enjoying it getting a call saying you got signed or traded or you're ready to go whatever great news and realizing oh wait a second my passport's not valid oh crap oh no my passport's not valid and having to take care of that oh mm-mm Mm-mm. I don't have to live that life. Not one bit. So, well, I'm just glad it ended up well. But that's my nightmare. That's one of them, at least. I got a list of them. But that's a, that's one of them, for sure. So, Corey, I'm glad you got there. Man. And But that stands to point out the lifestyle that we're looking at. Again, I can't remember what interview it was, but I see posts all the time. Job opening here. Pass, or, or I'll see players with their highlight mixtape ready to go and they send it to me and other people. I'm like, dude, I'm not an agent, but they'll send it all over the place and I'll say, hey, you know, 6-2 guard can hit the three, passport ready, passport ready, passport ready. It means passport ready. You are ready to go because it is either gonna be, you're gonna get a call and to think you have more than a week to get there is crazy. So you better actually be passport ready. The other thing you'll notice is that, you know, in between leagues, especially on if you're not if you're not in the highest league, right? You need to you really do need to try and work as much as you can, even if it's for a financial reason, right? I don't necessarily know if Corey had to do it for money or he wanted to stay, if it was more to stay in shape and stay active, but you notice there wasn't really a gap of time. So when he came back after a season, he was playing in the independent league team that he knew and he was connected to. And for whatever reason it is, you don't see much of an offseason. This isn't to say that the people in the major leagues take all of those months off and they're out chilling on their yacht doing nothing all that time. That's not the case. 
for the most part. But you do see that in, in all our other conversations with other people, you'll find that when they're done with the season, they're not done for the year. They're always trying to sell themselves. They're always trying to find that next position. There is no off season. And not only does that mean you're never done training, but it means if your body can take it, you're never done playing until you're done playing. That might sound stupid or like I'm making it sound dumb, but Corey goes and plays in Korea, comes back, and he goes and plays a couple of weeks in the independent league. And then he's like, ah, oh, yeah, we'll see what's next. And he goes, no, you, the catcher goes, no, you have to play winter ball. If you want to keep going and you want to prove, you got to play winter ball. All right. I love the game of baseball. I want to keep going. Winter ball it is. I mean, now you're down in Venezuela playing winter ball. And then you're back wherever. And then before you know it, you're back in independent ball. And you're back in the Dominican Republic for winter ball. And it just keeps going on and on all over the place to continue your game. So training doesn't stop for sure. And also what doesn't stop, and this goes across the board. You'll see this in all of my interviews, for the most part, all of our interviews. Not only does training not stop, but playing doesn't stop if you can help it. I know different positions, your bodies might be like, dude, you, we got it. We can't do this all the time, but it doesn't stop for the most part. So I'm glad Corey was able to illustrate that. And, I, and I'm also glad we got to do our game. We try to do it as best we can. We got to come up with a name for it. You guys will have to send me your suggestions on what we should call the game when we ask them which one of your leagues best fits, you know, which one was the safest, which one did he get paid the most, which one had the best team doctors. And then they tell us which one, because you know, it's more than a game. It's very helpful. It's very valuable for the players out there to hear which one was the safest, which one was the best scenario in whatever category. So I need a name. You heard it guys. I need you to come up with a name for that game. And so we can try to do it as often as possible. Cause I think it's very valuable and I hope you do too. So that being said, thank you all for joining us for another week. Corey, thank you for your time. Thank you for your answers and your honest insight. And you will hear again from us all next week. Thank you all for making it through another episode. A couple things I got a quick run through and then we'll be done. Uh, first, if you haven't already, go ahead and follow us on our different key platforms. Uh, first, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash globallyballin. Also, Instagram uh, at globallyballinofficial and then Twitter at globallyballin. The Instagram and Twitter are by far our most active and they're also very different content. They're actually run by different people. So go ahead and make sure you're following both of those and they'll also both alert you for when something new is posted either in the podcast or Patreon, which I'm gonna talk about in just a second. Also, um, when it comes to the Facebook account, the Facebook account seems um, less active and we're aware of that. It's different kind of content and more is coming to the Facebook page. So you'll want to like it to make sure you're ready when a new wave of different content, which is coming soon, starts to make its way on there, which is exciting. Uh, finally, though, is the Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com and then you search globally ball and you're going to find our account $3 a month. And with that, you're going to get a, a couple of things. First, shout out to all the supporters, which is great, which is actually also really good for any of you athletes out there. It's a great way to get your name, your brand, your place where people can find your highlight tapes, all that stuff. That'll be plugged in our episodes, which is great. So if you become a patron um, for the $3 a month, you'll get that. In addition, though, what we're really kind of excited about, not that we're not excited about the other one, is that you're going to get a bunch of extra content. It's going to be different from when I originally recorded this to when you're listening to this now. We're going to keep adding to it. Uh, there's a lot of different stuff. It might just be extra stuff that didn't fit into an episode. And there's also a whole new 
um, different kind of content called Candid Conversations, which is basically a whole new show that we started. As the name suggests, it's a conversation between me and somebody else. For whatever reason, it doesn't fit into an episode. And if you go check out one of those Candid Conversations, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So that $3 a month, you're gonna get your shout out and your, um, your help to support your brand or get attention to your highlight reel or whatever, plus a lot of extra detailed, fun content in addition to this free podcast. So go and check that out. Refresher, find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash globallyballin, Instagram at globallyballinofficial, Twitter at globallyballin, and uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash, or patreon.com search globallyballin, and you'll find, do the $3 a month patron. If you're interested and get all new content, a bunch of additional content. Uh, If that's not for you, totally fine. We still really appreciate you supporting and listening. Uh, If you have any suggestions, make sure you send us a message. Again, because we're most active on Instagram and Twitter, that's the best way to send us a suggestion. We'd be happy to listen and and try to get anybody in that area and that sport, that country, that topic that'll help you best. So make sure you send us one of those requests. Otherwise, thank you again for listening. You'll hear from us again uh, next week.